Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? Amy, I have discovered Torchy's Tacos. Yes, I've already heard that this week. I have seen the light. The Lord has shown his face upon me. And I have discovered maybe the best uh, quick service taco place in America. I'm going, I'm going all out. And I'm telling you, also the best queso I've ever had in my life. Very interesting. Well, that's good. I've heard about Torchy's Tacos, but have never had it. I'm actually surprised because we don't, you know, we don't uh, talk about whatever your little intro is going to be. So I always get surprised as we're recording. I was assuming that out of the blocks, we were going to hear about a new album that dropped overnight. I mean, well, I mean maybe single. you're, are you saving that? Are you was, saving that for song. your resource? No, oh, it, was it was just, just one, one song. song. Just one okay. song. Okay. Okay. But isn't and more's really coming good, though? But more's yeah, coming. Yeah, more's coming. Yeah. But yeah. the song's really good. But yeah, no, the I'm still stuck on the tacos and the queso, Amy. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's not, not Taylor Swift and that's not your resource, but no. we're going to go back to tacos. You would, right. you would not allow that. So, but yes. yes. So, Anyway, for those who don't know, the state execs, a bunch of the state execs and a lot of entity heads and uh, others were meeting this week in Fort Worth, Texas. George Schroeder and I were on site to do a bunch of interviews for Baptist Press and uh, got a lot of good content, had a lot of good conversations with entity heads and a couple of state execs from around the country. And we'll have some articles coming soon uh, with that content based on those interviews that we had. But uh, that was great. But sorry, the highlight of the week was the tacos. And we also well, had some good barbecue. But like I'd never had Torchies and, and George was like, Oh, we need to go to Torchies. And Well, I need to I need to try this next time ooh, I'm there. Ooh. Well, they got one coming to Raleigh. So how right, they don't right. have one you, in Nashville. You all did send that. Ugh. I don't know why we don't have one in Nashville. It's like raising canes. Why do we not have those two places in Nashville? They have both in Fort Worth, but they don't have them here. So uh, but yes, I, I'm I'm missing torchies. It's probably a good thing I'd live, you know, a plane flight away from a torchies because right. that would be dangerous for me. Well, so, good for you for that discovery. Yeah. So, but while we were there, as of course we were on the campus of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, our sponsor each and every week here at the podcast uh, here on SBC this week. And Southwestern is where you can get the theological training and the hands-on experience you need to thrive in ministry. Wherever and however God is calling you to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission, Southwestern offers a degree path to equip you. Whether you're pursuing a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, Southwestern Seminary is here to walk alongside you as you live your calling. You can find out more at swbts.edu. And I had a chance to be on campus and uh, see a lot of the, the renovations, the changes they've made over there. It is absolutely fantastic. So they have done a fantastic job over at Southwestern New Administration, Dr. Greenway, and everyone there. Uh, I was blown away by uh, the progress that's been made in just two years. Uh, it's been two years since he was announced. Uh, be, I think right at the end of the month, like the 27th maybe, was yeah. uh, or 25th, something like that, was when he was announced as the candidate to be the next president of Southwestern. Yep, so, time flies. It does, it does. All right, well, Amy, let's jump into it. Some disturbing news uh, that came out Thursday night right before uh, we recorded the podcast. Robbie Zacharias International Ministries released a full report 
and an apology for what they called a history of sexual misconduct by the late apologist. Yeah, so this dropped, as you said, last night, um, and I actually... I still have a lot of processing to do. It was a 12-page report. There have been a number of stories that kind of broke it down. Um, I think any of our listeners who haven't read it, you know, need to recognize that reading it is, uh, it's a, it's pretty intense. It's pretty difficult to, to take in. Um, I would say even if you aren't completely surprised by it after the stories that have come out over the previous months, just knowing sort of what the investigation discovered that was, remember, this was an investigation by RZIM Ministries. So they commissioned this um, and gave, you know, kind of the the support to it. So what this investigation found out is still stunning to take in nonetheless and very upsetting. Um, but it's not something we should run from because these are the types of things that should not stay in the dark. We, we need to, we need to know and be aware and really ask the question, you know, how, how does this happen? Because I think the thing that was striking to me is that, um, first of all, what I read in the report, I would not label as misconduct. I would label as abuse. And I think we have to, to think yes. through, you know, our, our, our terms. And then the second thing that I think we have to reckon with, which is hard whenever this is a public figure, whenever it's someone that, um, has impacted many. Uh, is that what is described in this would have taken quite a bit of proactive effort in order to, you know, kind of pull this off and to hide it. And so just processing that for someone that was known by many, I didn't have a, I, I've not read any of, uh, Robbie Zacharias's things and a lot of folks have been to some of his institutes, things I hadn't. So I, I don't have that connection, but I do know he's a very public figure. I think we have to process the reality of that, that that does happen, that there are people that we have no idea what they are hiding. I have a lot more thoughts that are formulating, but for now, I'm allowing the, the facts of the case to to rest and to sit and to say, I have to acknowledge you know, that, that this happened. I think the one lesson that we all need to think through is that when there are accusations of this type of mm-hmm. conduct— that those accusations should not be categorically dismissed yes. due to someone's fame or proposed religious, you know, lifestyle or whatever. Yeah. I don't yeah, really know I how think, to say that, but I, I, I think, you know, that that's kind of what happened with the Lorianne Thompson stuff. And right. there's been a lot of back and forth about that. And, you know, it's, it's going to one of those things. Well, she was right, y'all. Yes. And I think one thing that we have to reckon with is that, when the story get got put out that that she was manufacturing false accusations, um, it was very easy for people to run to that and kind of grab that and believe that. Um, it kind of gave a, okay, that must be what has happened here. And more often than not, I mean, the, the statistics are very low on false accusations on things like this, uh, mainly because... Allegations like this, most people do not make these things up. And so I think we have to step back. And I think we also have to step back. The tendency can be for us to to sort of see this as, well, the answer is don't put yourself in situations where you fall into temptation. This report displays, because I've heard heard that, 
this report lays out something much deeper than a falling into temptation. It it lays out grooming patterns. It lays out deliberate planning. It lays yeah, out- Predatory behavior. Yes. And I, I think we have to acknowledge the existence of that. And, you know, scripture- uh, scripture tells us that that exists and tells us that that is real. We we know that from uh, from the Bible. It's hard for us to see it. It's hard for us to assume that we would uh, experience that in our midst, um, but we just have to recognize it. I think we have to reckon with this a bit, and I know a lot of folks have to process it, but, when, but one of the things we need to remember is as devastating as this may feel to some people, especially those who were impacted by his ministry, we have to recognize that there are human beings on the other side of this story who actually were uh, the victims of this. The one, the thing that is most difficult for me, the thing that was most difficult for me to read was that one particular victim was told, if you tell, then millions of people's faith will be shattered, something like that. And the burden of that was laid on her, on that individual that was a victim. And so, uh, that was absolutely that that's absolutely wrong. And so I know there is more to come I know in terms of the work that the ministry has to do to recognize uh, what happened, where's the breakdown, what how how known was this, how were how were things handled. But as they go through that, we need to certainly be in, in prayer for that. But we don't need to resist truth coming into the light. We need to want that because we want we want to rely on Christ's atoning work for us. We want to rely on what he is doing in the world. And if things are happening that are in the dark, they need to come out. If anything else comes from this story, we'll let you know. You can read the full story and full report over at Baptist Press. Uh, Amy, we have some news from Fort Worth, where I was. Uh, I think this dropped on Monday, whenever, uh, right before I, I, I left to head that way. But the Riley Foundation lawsuit with Southwestern and Baylor, that has been settled and Southwestern now retains control of the Riley Foundation. The uh, Riley Foundation trustees have resigned. So uh, give us all those details. Yes. So that settlement came on Monday morning. I think there was, a, for those who were watching the court case, remember these types of hearings, there were, it was a, a temporary injunction hearing and these are open to the public, but in sort of this COVID era, the hearings are having to happen by Zoom, so they get live streamed on YouTube. So a lot more people can attend, in a sense, than might if it was actually happening in the courtroom. So a lot of folks did watch this, and and last week it, it kept coming on, and then the judge would say we're we're still in recess because they're working on things. So it, it, all the signs were there that a settlement was coming, but that did uh, that did actually get finalized and announced on Monday. So essentially, what happens what happened is the uh, the control of the Harold Riley Foundation is effectively returned back to Southwestern Seminary and Baylor University. So basically, it, it's almost like they unru- it's almost like they had to unring the bell. That a lot of the the details, a lot of the things that had taken place since June of 2018, got sort of backed up, let's go back to the starting line, and we're going to reset it like it was. Uh, So it effectively just returned control. And then the trustees of the foundation that were in in place, um, 
as of last week, the ones that were in place that were kind of part of this lawsuit, they uh, resigned and they agreed not to seek or accept future employment by or service to any SBC entity or Texas charity. So this included Mike Hughes, who had been the president of the Riley Foundation, Charles Hott, the chief investment officer, and Augie Boto, uh, who, you know, full disclosure is the former executive vice president of the SBC executive committee. The three of them all agreed to the terms of the settlement, and that was reached after after Mike Hughes had testified. He was uh, the one person that had testified, but then they came to that conclusion. Anything else happens in this one, we'll also bring that to you. So I think that may be the can end I, of this. Can I just say, can, yeah. can I say one thing that I, I experienced in this that I didn't watch it every day, but like if, if I didn't have a lot of meetings happening, I would I would have it on. And so that I really hadn't done that. I hadn't watched court proceedings over Zoom and YouTube, but it did really prepare me in a way that uh, maybe some others weren't because I'd spent two weeks watching these Zoom YouTube live streams of a court hearing that when the uh, the video of the attorney who had the cat filter on, uh, that just was so much funnier to me after having watched all these court proceedings because you get kind of used to it. I mean, they're very, they, they have a way, the lawyers, I mean, they were objecting, they were doing everything just like they would do in the courtroom. And so it starts to take on an air of formality, even though it's different. And so then when that came, which I don't even know what that court case was about, but when that came out and I just imagined the one that I had been watching, what if one of those attorneys had shown up with a cat filter? Um, I just could not, I could not stop laughing. So I'm prepared I, I just to go forward it, with it. Yeah. 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 I, I just wanted to say that it gave me like a total deeper appreciation, I think, for the cat filter. I'm here, Judge. I'm not a cat. It was great. It was great. We need things oh, like that. Man. That was so amazing. If you haven't seen that, folks, you gotta go, you just gotta go find it. It's yeah, it's glorious. I laughed for twenty minutes the other day about that. So, all right, uh, over to IMB. They had a trustee meeting last Friday. We talked about it a little bit on last Friday's show. We didn't have the story quite yet whenever we recorded, but uh, we've got it now. And uh, they here's some cool, Amy. Cumulative international missions offerings have reached nearly five billion dollars through IMB. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Through the Lottie Moon, the the total. Giving through the Lottie Moon Christmas offering from International Missions is over $4.9 billion. That's billion with a B, Amy. Uh, they're only about $70 million away from flipping over to $5 billion given through the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. And that should happen next month when all those receipts That's start crazy. coming through. So That's crazy. the next couple of months are going to be big months as the receipts come through for IMB. All right. So if I had... If I had a time machine, I think what I would love to do is to be able to go back and tell Lottie that. Like, can you imagine if you had if a we time machine? Tell- that would be the one thing you'd want to do today. Yes. Okay. All right. It might change tomorrow, but today, what I would love to do, if I had a time machine, let's just assume that I could use it whenever I wanted to and go visit wherever I wanted to. Okay. And to, if I had one today, I would want to go tell Lottie that. Go to China. Yeah, that would be cool, Amy. And uh, I, I think she would love to know how her legacy has has uh, has lived on, you know, for 100 and, plus and years. And, that, and not just this. that. And look at this. amazing. Yeah. Cause, and I don't know how much she... She may not have cared about her personal legacy. What I know is that she was always writing, asking Southern Baptists to support the work. 
And so for her to see, look at this, like this is how they have, I think that would just be meaningful. And because they're supporting the work, we've got 30 new appointees plus two previously appointed and one sent in partnership with the Canadian Baptist Convention. We've got missionaries going out. We talked about the 33 last week, mentioned a couple of them, and uh, kind of name-dropped a couple of good friends of the pod, I think, from your church over there. And uh, some friends that you have, the Rices, over who've been in uh, Japan. So they're being reappointed. So uh, very cool stuff there from the IMB trustee meeting. Also, they announced the George Lyle Scholarship which is a uh, scholarship to encourage innovation and eliminate barriers toward mission mobilization among black and African-American Southern Baptist churches so that the IMB Missions Force reflects the growing diversity of the Southern Baptist Convention. So uh, that was announced this week. Uh, IMB's done a ton of stuff uh, this month in response to the George Lyle uh, Sunday that we had just last week. Saw a lot of churches celebrating that, and uh, that was kind of neat. This week in the SBC is Racial Reconciliation Sunday. So uh, that is this week, and then later in the month, uh, we've got the uh, WMU, uh, Prayer for WMU Week. Uh, so uh, we've got that going on this month, too. So, And uh, I think also Children's Missions Day is this month. So a lot going on this month here in the SBC, including uh, this weekend's Racial Reconciliation Sunday. Some new research from LifeWay. Americans are less optimistic about race relations in a poll of American adults. So this is not just religious-based or Protestant or even Southern Baptist. This is all Americans. The question, we've got so far to go on racial relations, 71% agree with that statement. Uh, so a, uh, a lot of people, you know, more than a majority of Americans agree that we have a long ways to go still on race relations, and 46% feel that we've come a long way on race relations, but on but also another 46% say we haven't. So that one's kind of split down the middle there. Eight uh, percent not sure. So uh, there's a new this uh, all the research for this is uh, over at Baptist Press. Got the full release, all the charts and everything. And uh, so if you're interested in those stats, you can find that out over at Baptist Press. And and like you said, that's all um, that they were surveying Americans, not it wasn't necessarily broken down, but you can see some breakdowns within the research. But it's important for us to know where Americans are on this, because that's where we're ministering. So we need to we need to acknowledge and recognize. Yeah. One one good note from that was that when thinking about how to improve racial relations, 57 percent of Americans say religious leaders play a positive role in that. So, uh, so that's good because it would be important to our churches. So finally, some really good news from Arkansas Baptist. It's, it's kind of like what we talked about earlier with the IMB, the giving there, but Arkansas Baptist, they surpassed their budget in 2020 and that allowed them to send an extra $1 million to the IMB because of their budget formula in the state. So even with COVID, even with the downturn in giving and the, the economic uncertainty of 2020, Arkansas Baptist still hit their CP budget for the year. Kind of neat. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, it's quite incredible. And they weren't the only. We've had a couple other states that have chimed in after the fact, though, that have said that. But because of that, uh, they were able to give, uh, you know, a lot more than they were expecting to give to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering and uh, to international missions. So uh, it's pretty neat. More than nine hundred thousand dollars more than they expected. So that's a, it's a great, great thing for Sonny Tucker and Arkansas Baptists up there. And uh, just, just phenomenal what they did in 2020. So the churches and the, the 
People in the pews in Arkansas, we thank you uh, for your faithfulness, for your giving in 2020. All right. All right. That's going to do it for our news this week and bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right. We're going to go back to 1957 to a very interesting job posting that was in Baptist Press. Now, this was for Gardner-Webb College, which uh, at this stage in uh, in SBC life, Gardner-Webb really doesn't have any affiliation with uh, the state convention here in North Carolina. There's there's no no connection or any kind of financial support, although there are a number of Baptists who go to Gardner-Webb and, and, and things. But it was at the time a North Carolina Baptist College. And they were on a search for a new mascot. And I just felt like this job description was, was, I just felt like I needed to share it. And, uh, all right. So, yeah. So their mascot is, and it was and still is the running bulldogs. So that's not just the bulldogs, the running bulldogs. And, uh, the way that this starts is if you know what it's like to lose your pet dog, then you can offer your sympathy to Gardner Webb College. The mascot, they had a registered English bulldog mascot. His name was Butch and he had died of old age three years before. Because when I think of registered English bulldogs, I think of the name Butch. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So it said that yeah. several efforts to find a dog to take Butch's place have met no success. And so what's happening here that we've even seen before is that it looked like they'd been on a search. They were unsuccessful. They're scrapping everything, going back to the drawing board. They're announcing it again. But here's what they're looking for. It says that they they want the new mascot to be in the tradition of Butch, whom thousands of Gardner-Webb alumni remember as the pride of the school. Butch was a gentleman of character, and many a former student insists he has personality. Uh, for 10 years, beginning in 1944, he basked in the limelight of campus popularity. He realized his responsibility to the college as a whole. And while he accepted everyone's attention, he never had a favorite. It said his pet peeve was any show of authority. Never would he give way to anybody, regularly choosing a busy hallway as the logical place for a nap. And woe to the unlearned freshman who tried to push him aside. It said in his older years, he derived pleasure from being a nuisance. His temper wore thin. His patience was easily exhausted. He insisted on being fed indoors during winter months, and vicious growls would send everyone scampering if he did not get his way. It, although he uh, although he usually stayed in any of the college dormitories, he always had a place he could call home that until 1952, he lived with the coach, Coach Wayne Bradburn, and then after the coach moved away, he had his choice among the faculty, but he chose the dean. He was very attached to Dean J. O'Terrell, and then he died a few years later in his home. So Butch was, he was very important to Gardner-Webb, so much so that three years later, they still hadn't found a replacement. I actually, I don't even know where this ended. I just know that this was essentially put out that they were on the search. And so, uh, you know, we talk regularly about searches that happen. We have job searches on sbc.net, but there was a special posting that ran in Baptist Press this week in SBC history to replace Butch. Uh, he sounds like quite a character. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I think my favorite is that he derived pleasure from being a nuisance. And uh Yeah. 
Uh, what dog doesn't derive pleasure from being a nuisance? Well, especially when they get older. Yeah. Or or younger. Or right. just in general. Yes. So. Yeah. So there you go. I, I read it and I had to do it because some of the writing in these Baptist Press articles from back in the day is just fantastic. I just love it. So uh, I, I had to share. All right. Okay. Well, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is... Mine is a book that has been incredibly impactful on Keith in my home, so much so that I have just ordered my own copy of it. I've been hearing about it for a while, and uh, and it is it is selling so much that it actually is on kind of a back order. I'm not going to get it for a few weeks. And it's Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland, The oh. Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers. And uh, I just, you know, Keith's been sharing passages with me as he reads it. And we share a lot of books in this house, but sometimes you realize something is so meaningful that you sort of need your own copy to be able to underline and, and write notes in. And the more he shared, the more I realized. And I think we're we're in a season where there's just a lot, a lot going on. We're, you know, coming up on one year of uh, the when the pandemic really began to affect all of us. And we're seeing a lot of struggles. We're also just just dealing with a lot of difficulties in general. And I think I think this is it's a good it's a good book for our day. And so I want to really encourage. Uh, probably many listeners have read it, but I want to encourage folks to to get it. And I'm I'm ready to dive in. All right, well, very cool. All right, my resource of the week is the 2021 SBC Entity ministry reports. I know it's kind of a mouthful, but uh, it's a ministry reports that are given every February. There will be a kind of a Q&A time with all the entity heads at the EC meeting in just about 10 days or so uh, that will allow them to do some Q&A over the content of these. The EC does this every year. This is kind of a standard thing. So uh, for those of you who enjoy looking through the annual or looking through the book of reports, here's just some more fun. You know, a great night, you know, get you a, a nice LaCroix and sit down on the patio. Maybe not the patio right now because it's like 10 degrees outside. But, you know, sit in front of the fireplace with your LaCroix or your hot chocolate. And I do and things like this. Through. I know. I know. It's like this is like the perfect night for me. Yeah. Do you remember, I mean, <laughs> read you remember the, time I, the time I told you that I spent a Saturday evening listening to Floor Debate from the late 60s? Yes. That's what I do for fun. So... I haven't read the ministry reports yet, so I'm actually looking forward to it. They're quite full and quite lengthy. So I was looking through them the other day. I know it's kind of part of us to, to get them together and put them, to, put them up. So as we were doing that, I'm looking through them and reading through them. And I'm like, wow, there's a lot of information here. So those of you who you know uh, may have questions about transparency or you know just what's going on in our entities, go some things, hey, the info is out there. It's uh, A lot of it is right here in the ministry reports. All the entities have reports as well as the Council of Seminary Presidents. So that's all available over at the SBC website. There's a story in Baptist Press as well about that. So uh, if you just look in the footer of the SBC main website, so just that footer menu right there, it says, you know, annual ministry reports. So that's the uh, the link straight to that. So you can check you that go. out and uh, and read those. So I know some, some yep, good reading this weekend. And watch the videos. Weekend. And yeah, watch, and watch the videos. videos. Yeah, so those of you who are visual learners... <laughs> There's videos as well. Right. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it for our show this week, Amy. Uh, we got about, you know, like I said, nine or 10 days until the SBC EC meeting here in Nashville. Uh, we're having that at a, a local hotel instead of the SBC building, which will allow us 
to distance. There's you know a lot bigger, a lot right. more space, be able to spread out, so we won't run into any issues with that. So I think like everybody gets like their own table, and it's all spread out. A huge, huge ballroom that we're using. Uh, to be able to provide space adequate enough for social distancing and uh, help keep everybody safe. So uh, looking forward to that in about nine or 10 days. So I know you'll be coming in for that. And um, yes. it's uh, going to be a fun one. So you'll be here in town shortly. And um, if if you can bring a Torchy's Tacos with you, that'd be awesome. Uh, they're probably not going to let me take that on the plane. but Well, they don't have them in Raleigh yet either. But I'm talking like a franchise. If you can figure out how to make that happen, you know. That and a Raising Cane's. All right. Yes. All right. well, well, that that would be like dream come true over here. So, Amy, we'll see I'll, what see I can do. Next, I'll see you next week. See you next week. See you next week.